When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, with no ads? Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. If you see Mo this week and he's missing a tooth, he wants you to know he's not on meth. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing, wow. to, has nothing to do with meth at all, actually. It's true. Uh-huh. So, uh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you want to move on to the next thing now? <laughs> yeah, we're done here. <laughs> I um, I have a mouthful of problems, y'all. <laughs> and I, uh, I hate the dentist. That's one thing about me. I can't stand the dentist. Every time I have to go, I get a lot of anxiety. I think you're in the majority there. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I think, think most you, people do. I think if you line up all the doctors, maybe, and I can't speak for women, but the guy knows probably worse than a dentist. Uh, what? No, no for me, dentist is worse just because I had trauma from when I was a kid. Something happened there, so I got P- I get PTSD. Like what happened? I, huh? What happened? Remember, I told you this. I was like, oh god, seven, eight. I, my teeth have been jacked up for a very, like for a very, very long time. I had metal in my mouth for like twelve years, um, and there was one. Um, Dentist I went to, um, wasn't the dentist, it's the one that did the braces and stuff like that. Orthodontist? Thank you. I was like, I know he has a name and I just don't know what it is. <laughs> um, went to the orthodontist and they had three nurses, like three techs hold me down and he sliced my gum. <gasps> and my mom was there and she was crying and I was crying. And as soon as they were done, she grabbed me, we left and we never went back there again. But that's something that's like instilled in you. So like I, I was there once and I was laying there and I just, they said they had to do something I wasn't prepared for. And did, like tears just started screaming oh, no, down man. my face because. And know. I'm assuming your gyno has never used a razor, so it's never, <laughs> it's never been a fair. Well, comparison. there was this one time. No, <laughs> um, for you, gyno or dentist? Oh, gyno, hands down. Really? I have never understood the anxiety around dentists. And maybe that's because when I was growing up, I had like a great pediatrician. My best friend from college is going to be a dentist. I wanted to be a dentist at one point. They've never freaked me out because all they do is just brush your teeth. Whereas when you go to the gyno, they're literally inside you. So it's not a pleasant experience. For me, the dentist is just, uh, it's the worst one. Uh, and I've got a great dentist. But still, you're so out of control, mm. right? And you can't communicate. Kate. <laughs> they still try, though. They still ask you questions. I don't know why. They understand it. When you're mumbling, like, <laughs> yeah, right, they, they fully get it. Like, it comes with subtitles. Like, those Netflix subtitles. <laughs> uh, but it, you're just so out of control, man. And everything is so close to your ears. You can hear everything going on. By far the worst. I hate, I hate to break it to you, but when you go to the gyno, you're also out of control there as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fear and literal stirrups. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of tools there as well Makes that sense. you don't want. <laughs> so, my, my anxiety, I think, started pinging Highly, the day that I was supposed to go to the dentist before I left vacation. And I think that was the start of my problems because I, I, nothing tells me how quick six months come than when I have to get a cleaning, right? That's when I realized how fast six months really goes by. You start like um, totally brushing your teeth more when you know that when you see that thing come up on your calendar, flossing more. Change your whole lifestyle. Right. Or that morning you really go at your teeth thinking that you're going to trick your dentist <laughs> three hours later. Into thinking you've been flossing every yeah. day. Right. And so <laughs> I'm tired this day. This is like I'm trying to get a million things done. And I put the address in the GPS, don't think anything about it, get in my lift, go to the dentist. And when I pull up, this is how I know I was really tired because I never fall asleep in lifts. I was knocked out. I was mm-hmm. probably snoring. Probably got a bad rating. And we, I wake up, and he's like, we're here. I'm like, no, we're not. He's like, yes, we are. This is the address you put in. So I'm like, what? So I look, and the dentist looks completely different. But I did remember the last time I got my cleaning, she said that they was going to redo the entire office. So she said the next time you come, it may look a little different. So I, I remembered that. I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was going to look this different. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even recognize the, the area. But I'm like, maybe it's me somehow. <laughs> and I get out, and I walk into the dentist, and I immediately knew something was wrong. Because every time I walk in, they're always like, hey, Mo. I walked in, nobody said nothing. They were all just looking at me like, who are you? And why are you here? So I walk in, and I'm like, I don't think this is my dentist. Like, whatever. So I'm like, maybe I'm just in a twilight zone. <laughs> so I walk up to the lady, and I'm like, um, I asked her if I had an appointment. So she goes to look up. She's like, no. 
We've never heard of you. Who are you? What do you want? So I'm like, don't worry about it. And I just walk out. <laughs> you don't want to be embarrassed? No, I just <laughs> run out out of embarrassment. And I'm like trying to figure this out. So finally, I'm looking at my phone and I figure it out. This is a new dentist. This office is brand new. And it's the same exact name as the dentist I always go to. But it's closer to me. So I guess now when I put in just the name instead of the actual address, uh, it takes me to this office uh, instead of my original office. Gotcha. So now I call my original office and tell them what happened. And they're like, yeah, we, we can't do anything. We already have somebody in. We have, you have to wait now until there's a cancellation. So I had to go on vacation with dirty teeth because I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get them cleaned. And then I, if you didn't hear, I told you a story about when I was on a plane coming back from the vacation. I was eating bread. And I felt you know I, that, that 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 worrisome bread that always breaks a tooth. It takes you out. And I felt something in my mouth that felt like my tooth came off. <laughs> and I'm sitting on an airplane, and I spit it out, and I'm, I'm like holding my teeth, eating bread <laughs> on an airplane. That's a hard ass loaf right there, man. Man, bread <laughs> took me down. So I'm like panicking, and they get me in to finally go to the dentist and figure out what's going on. And I got, I ended up getting good news and bad news. The good news was. My, my tooth didn't fall out, and my teeth weren't falling out. And I, it's funny because as soon as my dentist walked in, she looked at me like, what's wrong with you? Why do you? And I'm like, I'm waiting for you to tell me my teeth are falling out. Like, how do you want me to look? And she's like, it's not that bad. It's, it's a crown. Mm-hmm. So I guess my crown came out, and they just have to replace the crown on whatever tooth it is. She said, that part is no, not really a big deal, but those wisdom teeth got to come out. <gasps> He's getting a nose job. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Abby used to disguise her nose job a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I uh, think you dude. spoke this into my life. Abby. I think I did. <laughs> Look, man, it's not, it's not that bad. It's really not that bad. It was bad for you? I mean, they say the older you like, the older you are when you do it, the worse it is. Really? I didn't have a problem with it. I went into the dentist and how old were you when you did it? I, it was just a couple of years ago. Was it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they said you need to get all four out. We could do two now, two later, but we recommend you do all four. I'm like, I don't need all four out. Just do two now. And they're like, Are you sure? Because you're going to end up back in here. And I'm like, Do two. So they do two, and then one month later, I was back in getting the other two. But. I also like the drugs, so that might have something to do with it. Would you have done four? All four of you could do it again? Yes, do all four. Do all four? Absolutely. I don't know. I like those drugs. (laughs) (laughs) I like those drugs a lot. Because, I mean, afterwards, because you literally, you have holes, right? Right. So you can't can't really eat anything right after because they can get stuck in there. And like, it's oh, a pain. I had, I, I, I had a miserable yeah. experience. And I swelled up pretty bad. I looked like Quasimodo for about four, two weeks. <laughs> it you, was bad. You can't eat what you normally eat because, like Kristen said, things can get stuck in your, you know, where the teeth used to be. So it's a pain in the and ass. You got to make sure to change out the dressing because you have like gauze down in there. And I, when I got home, I fell asleep and we didn't change it out. So when I got up, it had gotten like stuck. Oh. And so when we pulled it out, I, I, I passed out. Oh, damn. <laughs> I, hey. I wish we would have just stopped and Bird said it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> we could have just stopped. Keep your mind on the propofol, man. That's okay. where it's at. Okay. Right. <laughs> Thank you. When are you going to do it? Uh, well, she said that I can do it after my next cleaning, but around then, so probably like six months. Okay. I'm getting them out. I could YouTube, th- YouTube it. We could have that done in studio. It's 7.30 break. Let's do it. I could have it done. <laughs> That's a lot cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> the Bird Show. So, Cassie, did you accidentally get insulted because of the per- the thing the person said in itself might have have been insulting or did you interpret it as insulting? I'm trying to check myself um, so I don't react with my gut reaction right off the bat. I was talking to a friend and I was just telling her how I am lifting weights now and going on some walks daily or not daily. I'm trying to go on more walks um, just to be a little more active. I have uh, PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome and things like a 40 minute walk or weightlifting is actually really beneficial for my body to regulate this condition, which has a ton of side effects. So, you know, over the past year, I've been really making a lot of small changes to try and um, mitigate the the side effects of this. And this is one of them. And You know, I was like, I'm trying to be more active. I'm not going to like Orange Theory and busting out high intensity workouts or anything like that, but I'm trying to be more active. I'll take you to the gym. We could be swole mates. Ooh, (laughs) I like, I don't think I can keep up with you yet. Give me six months (laughs) to get to like a place where I won't be embarrassed when you're like, you're such a noob. And I'll be like, I'm at this for six months already. I just wanted to say swole mates. (laughs) You're my swole mate. (laughs) (laughs) We'll prepare, we'll compare muscles. Um, And so she's like, I think that's really great, which, you know, being supportive, she goes, you've been pretty sedentary so this will be a really great change for you 
And I was like, hmm, I don't think I've been sedentary. Um, and I said that. And she goes, well, you, you have. And I was like, no, listen, I'm not trying to say by any stretch of the imagination that I've been working out. I don't even consider these going on works and like lifting weights working out. Like it's just some ex- extra exercise. And I'm not even trying to say I've been exercising. But with two young kids, I'm like, when you call me sedentary, I'm not sitting at home on the couch all day. I'm running after kids at playgrounds. I am like, we don't have a cleaning service, so I'm vacuuming, I'm mopping. I'm just cleaning, you know, like scrubbing toilets, scrubbing showers. These aren't things that I am conflating with working out. Let me be absolutely clear. <laughs> but I, when I hear sedentary, I think of you're sitting on the couch all day watching Netflix, maybe eating a tub of ice cream, whereas I'm clocking three to five miles every single day without going on these daily walks, which I think is a lot of walking around the house, around the house, three to five miles. Is that an accurate statistic, three to five miles? Well, that's what my Apple Watch really? is telling okay. me. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, it's, it is... Impossible for a mother to be sedentary. It's just, it's not even like, no, it's it's humanly impossible for a mother to be sedentary. My mom did it. <laughs> An active mother. You should add that. Um, a loving, a caring, uh, and involved. It is absolutely impossible for an involved mother to be sedentary. Because I'm just like, you know, and it's things, and I, I feel so stupid saying it, and this is why I didn't get into it with my friend, because I'm like, oh, like, if I do three loads of laundry in a day, like, bending down, picking up the laundry, pulling the basket, which is kind of heavy, upstairs, it's not exercise, and I'm not trying to say it is, and I don't want to get into that fight with her, but I'm just trying to say, like, hey, I'm not sedentary, and I'm kind of... Not, I'm not offended, but it was like it diminished everything that I do on a daily basis by calling me sedentary. And I, I think it really struck with me because I've always felt like I don't have time to work out because I'm so busy mm-hmm. doing stuff around the house and looking after the kids. And so when she says sedentary, to me, it implies like I could have been working out, but I just sat around instead yeah. and I'm finally getting to it. Whereas... Our schedules have changed with our children, and so now I actually have a little bit of time where I can hit the office gym before I pick up my daughter from school. So I'm doing that, and it just really, like, it really frustrated me, and I don't know how to, I don't want to get into a fight with her, and I don't want to overreact, and I don't want to be like, oh, no, I'm totally fit and healthy because I'm not fit, like, but I'm active, and moms are active, and I don't know how to get across that, like, labor around the house and chasing after kids is tiring and it's real work and it's active time. So I think you're focusing on the wrong thing. So I do think that the word sedentary. 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 I can't even say it. Sanitary? (laughs) (laughs) You're very sanitary. Um, I think it is a bit off-putting. But if you focus on what she is saying, she's saying at this point right now, your health is not where it should be. So what do we have to do to get you to a healthy place? And that means exercising more. When she used that word, which I clearly can't pronounce, um, when she used that word, it was so off-putting. But the at the end of the road, what she's saying is you need to move more. Yeah, and I mean, she's not wrong, and I agree with her, and I appreciate that support from her. But I guess the word to me, <laughs> painted, like, do you ha- does she have this image of me that is completely inaccurate? Like, and it feels... It, it doesn't feel like she's judgy, but in my head, I'm like, if I'm calling someone sedentary, like, I'm like, oh, you're just sitting on your butt all day. You're not doing yeah. anything. So let me try to tie two things in together here. And I'm asking you the question here because I've I listened to you when we were talking about discrimination against people that are overweight. You've said that to me that. Look, it's not the same as being a short guy because I'm not being judged every second of the day. So do you feel, because you've labeled yourself as overweight, mm-hmm. it's not a word I throw around, <laughs> <laughs> um, that when she used that word on you, you felt judged because you have thought that was your thought process your entire life? Yeah. Like you're being judged when you're eating. You're being judged when you're walking. That's exactly it because sedentary to me equates to laziness and a lot of people think fat people are just lazy. And so I'm like, how am I lazy if Mm -hmm. I'm clocking three to five miles a day without the exercise? So you're right. So And that's why I didn't react because I'm like, I'm sure there's some bias inside that's really making me like super react Mm -hmm. to this, but... Man, don't call a mom sedentary. <laughs> Just don't. An involved mom. Yeah. Bert's mom, you can call her sedentary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she won't remember anyway. She got dementia. Oh, oh, call her whatever you want. <laughs> the Bert Show.
Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. It's a great day for college football, y'all, because <laughs> Alabama head coach Nick Saban is retiring. He's not dead. Sounds like he's going to heaven. No. Might as well be dead. He has no more use for us. This is all the other SEC coaches like, right? thankfully, now we have a chance. And fans. And fans also, man. I heard the news and I'm like, oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> he's gone. He's actually been the highest paid head coach of all time. He's been making $11.4 million for his time in Alabama. He has a total of 292 total wins, six national championships, nine SEC championships, four Heisman winners, and 40 for first round picks. I have several friends who are, obviously, if you went to Bama, you are a hardcore Bama fan. And I know they shed a tear yesterday when they heard the news. All those accomplishments, uh, if it's me, I wouldn't have been able to retire after a loss. Yeah. I would have had to go out on a win. Really? Here is a rumor that is circulating in Alabama, close Alabama circles right now, is that his wife apparently never misses games. She's always there. And she missed three this year. So people are starting to speculate that maybe her health isn't great. And that's why he made this spontaneous decision. But that's all rumor at this point. It's all speculation. All speculation. I will say this, man. I'm a Georgia fan. I don't like Alabama at all. Nothing about him. Except Nick Saban, man. Much respect to that guy. Wow. I mean, he's the GOAT. He's the greatest. And it can't even be argued. Nope. Yeah, you got to respect the work ethic. And honestly, when I saw the announcement that he was going to retire, I thought, there's no way. This guy's going to pull a Brady. He's going to say he's retiring, and then he's coming back like three months later, which wouldn't shock me. Who would take that job now, though, man? Oh. <laughs> oh wow. Not, not me. Not me. <laughs> no, sir. Hell no. no. No part of that. All right, while we're on the topic of sports, Taylor Swift made an appearance on ESPN, sort of, kind of, <laughs> via ESPN Stephen A. Smith's show. He actually ended up defending Taylor Swift to all the haters, who are mad that she's getting shown on screen at the games. Everybody's sitting up there and acting like 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 she's some kind of impediment. Excuse me. She did her job. That error's tool off the chain. Generated billions. Now there's only one Beyonce to me. Beyonce all day, every day. But Taylor Swift was phenomenal. I went to the concert. I see these kids. They absolutely love her. The concert was absolutely positively phenomenal off the chain. She did her job. And he's like, she's just trying to defend her man. She's going to support a dude to show up at a football game and the cameras are on her. That ain't her fault. Excuse me. And by the way, she went to the games after the concerts. It's not like she used the games to bump up the concerts. Oh, no. Those kids were going to her concerts, whether the football, the NFL was promoting her or not. Taylor Swift is that girl. Taylor Swift doesn't need the NFL. No. The NFL needs Taylor Swift. Let's <laughs> um, get it. Let's get it straight. She's so big. Did you see the statistic this morning that last year Taylor Swift's accounted for 1.7% of all musical sales last year? It wouldn't shock me. Wow. That, that's a lot. That all what? musical sales. That's insane. It's because her fans are so dedicated that they will buy whatever she puts out. She's putting out seven different kinds of vinyls. All right, we'll buy them in all different mm-hmm. colors. We'll buy them four different times. Not me. I ain't got that kind of money, but some people do. <laughs> <laughs> but she really does. I mean, she puts out so much music that it, it doesn't shock me whatsoever. All right, Jay-Z, I had no idea he is producing the Super Bowl halftime show, but he says you got to watch out for Usher this year. I think he's gonna be going to take his rightful place. You know, he's you know he's he's one of the the greatest performers that we've seen in our time, and I think he'll take his rightful place. And um, Mo, when did Jay Z uh, strike that deal with the NFL that he started to do their um, halftime performances? Was it three years ago. Was it two or three years ago. Was it the same time that they put him on the committee to try to get more? Yeah. Div- Diversity. Um, diversity diversity for the halftime yeah. show and yeah, then yeah. Rihanna he he was a part of that and now he's a part of Usher and he got he got really crushed for taking that job but I think he's done a great job since he's been in that seat mm. and so a lot of people are wondering if he'll ever do the halftime show that's what he said I don't know you know I thought it would be selfish to pick myself like too too early so maybe one year maybe. I think he should pick himself. You do? Now, yeah. Well, yeah, well he, he should do it now if he's ever going to do it, for sure. I don't know if I'd be able to do that, no, though. So if he does it, there would have to be a lot of, like, guest, like, obviously, 
guests that come out along with you. Like it couldn't just, I, it wouldn't just be like a Jay-Z solo because of the position he's in. Exactly. Like he's going to, like he's damned if he do, damned if he doesn't. Does he have the catalog to support it? Absolutely. But if you do something like that, you're in charge of the halftime show, right? And you choose yourself to do the halftime show. Mm. You better have all your friends doing it with you. Yeah, he that, that looks a little crazy. He should have done that with the 50 years of hip hop. So true. All right, Greta Gerwig, she had a surprising response to Joe Coy's Barbie joke from the Golden Globes. It's on your next Eva's on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. It is that time of year again. Girl Scout cookie time. Starting to get the moms hitting you up on Instagram yet? Hey, my kids want to say some cookies. Somebody in the office. My kids want to say some cookies. Somebody speaking to somebody in the office. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> my daughter has reached that that point in life yeah. where she is uh, in the Girl Scouts. Yeah. You seem yeah. thrilled. I mean, it's all right. I guess. <laughs> Full of excitement. Yeah. Well, I guess it's better than like Again? cheer. I guess it's better than her wanting to like cheer. Yeah. Where you have to go sit for six hours to watch your daughter perform for 30 seconds. And then, like, uh, that seems like the most miserable thing ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, right. but. Yeah, so sitting the there Scout, supporting your daughter. Yeah, you don't yeah, yeah. I mean, Abby, I do support her. I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> Abby, did you do Girl Scouts? No. Fun fact, my mom never let me do Girl Scouts, and I never got over it. So in the third grade, I moved schools and I told my mom I really wanted to be a brownie. And she was like, Abby, if there is one girl in your class that is a brownie, I will let you join the Girl Scouts. Because my mom was the opposite. I was a cheer kid. She would sit through anything. Mm -hmm. She did not want me selling cookies to anybody. <laughs> so every girl in my third grade class was a brownie except for me. Aww. And I never got over it. But she said if there was another girl in your class that was a brownie, you could join. Now you see why I'm in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, this takes us to a, a totally different direction. But I, I wonder if there's a Girl Scout. They call them troops? Yeah. What they are? Mm-hmm. There, yeah. That would make you an honorary brownie. <gasps> I mean, I think now, now it's just sad. We, no, it's I not. I pay no. taxes now. It's adorable. <laughs> when it gets you a little outfit. Yeah. Little and then creepy outfit. guys on the Some internet. <laughs> yeah, this, this sounds like an, a dark web setup. <laughs> Don't put me out there. I, I think this is the way for you to uh, start your... Um, uh, OnlyFans right here. <laughs> this is it. You know what? I got to pay off this nose job somehow. So. I, I don't know. I feel a little ignorant. I don't. What's the difference between a Girl Scout and a Brownie? Brownies are younger. Oh, okay. Like you start out as a Brownie and then you advance to Girl Scout. Oh, so my daughter's a Brownie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did they sell? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do? They're, okay. yeah. They're in sling mode. They yeah, are. They're, yeah, they're slanging them. All right. <laughs> they're starting to. Would she be one of the girls that you'd want uh, to pitch us tomorrow? Because I think we're doing this tomorrow, right? We are doing this tomorrow. Yeah. So if, in case you've missed it in years past, what we do, and Abby, you're going to be, since you are the newbie, <laughs> gosh, you will be in the hot seat. So we started this years ago. I actually stole this idea from my old show back in Raleigh. And what you do is you have um, three young Girl Scouts call up. And they do their Girl Scout pitch. So you talk to them and they pitch you on buying cookies from them. After you listen to all three pitches, you choose one to buy from. She but did say pitches. Pitches. Okay, just so you know. Yes. <laughs> make the other two cry, Abby. But cry. Before, but before you select, you have to go to the other two and tell them, I'm sorry, I'm not buying your cookies. Are you kidding me? Not at all. No. I have done Uh -uh. it. Bert has done it. Everybody's done it. Everybody on the show has done it. It is a rite of passage. And it's miserable. (laughs) Why do we have to reject them? Why can't we just ghost them? Because it's so... (laughs) 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 Let's just just leave them hanging. Yeah, I I think this will be cathartic for you. Get back at these brownies and these girlies because you never got to... they never got the chance to be them yourself. No, I wanted to be a part of them. I don't want to make them cry. Um, You need to... You need to check out who's on line one. Uh, I can't. My screen's down. um, Well, here you go. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Vanessa, thank you so much for joining the Burt Show. You have something special you would like to ask of Abby? 
Yes, I am a Girl Scout troop leader. We are not brownies, we're juniors. We're first year juniors, which means our girls are in fourth grade. And we would love Abby to be an honorary member. Of <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> just, now, just like that, she ain't got to go through an obstacle course. Or <laughs> no, it's like, you know, these celebrities that go to Harvard and they just give them honorary degrees. You don't have to do anything. Is it? Yeah. No. All right. Okay, Vanessa, give a shout out. What's your, what's your troop? Our troop is troop 22082 out of uh, Duluth. Now, will Abby be able to, can we fit her into a Girl Scout or a Brownie uniform to make it official? Uh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> you can, they're on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon. Girl Scouts come in all sizes. Yes. Vanessa, I'm just wondering, do you guys offer a nose job patch? Because <laughs> <laughs> just covered that. <laughs> oh, my God. She has accomplished that. <laughs> in our crafting and engineering. Crafting and engineering. This is amazing. All right. So, Vanessa, sincerely, um, would you like to would you like to shout out your daughter as well? Yeah, my daughter's name is Annabelle. Annabelle. And, yeah. Okay, so what we're going to do, and I will, I'll coordinate all of this, because this is precious. And, Vanessa, thank you so much for calling. We will get you and Annabelle in studio, and we will do a brownie sash, or excuse me, a Girl Scout, because she's a Girl Scout, she's a junior. We will do a Girl Scout sash ceremony, (laughs) and we will make Abby an honorary Girl Scout of, say your troop again. 22082. In Duluth. Um, okay. And I will spend the money on the Girl Scout uniform okay. or brownie uniform for you. Mm-hmm. And also for you offering this, is your daughter selling cookies right now? Oh, of course she is. Okay. And she has a hefty goal this year. What's She's her- trying to sell 750 bucks. Whoa! $750? <laughs> Boxes. 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 Okay. She, she sold 750 boxes last year, so that's her goal. Wow. Dang. Has, has, she even, good. has she even started yet this year? She has. She has. Okay. Dang. So She's hustling. How much are boxes? Boxes are 5 or $6, depending on what you buy. Okay. They are $6 now across the board. Oh, they, they are. Oh, they're going up. Ooh. Then mints are no longer just five bucks. Ooh. All right. So nope. for you calling up and hooking up Abby here, I will uh, give $150 worth of Girl Scout cookies for your daughter. Okay. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. All right. So that's done. And now we got to get you up here. Okay. So stay on the line, Vanessa. We're going to get your information and we're going to coordinate a time for you and Annabelle to come up here um, so we can do our Girl Scout presentation. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And for the rest of you guys that have Girl Scouts or brownies in your family tomorrow morning, around this time, maybe a little bit later. Yeah. They can make their pitch. Absolutely. To Abby. To Abby. We'll decide who gets the Burt Show's cookie money this year. <laughs> you get your Girl Scout uniform and you get to crush the heart of a Girl Scout in the same day. This is all I ever dreamed of. <laughs> the Burt Show. Promised myself when I moved into my new house and my engagement broke up that I was going to go at least six months before even thinking about getting a dog. I'm still... Strong in my belief, I'm going to wait six. I want no responsibility for six months. None. But I did. Besides your kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's not. You know what? I got a 16-year-old kid that even when he's with me, isn't with me. <laughs> I see him 20% of the time now because he's got a car. He's all over the place. Uh, but I was watching my ex-wife's dogs over the weekend because she was out of town. And, man, I got to tell you, when I walked in that house and both those dogs are like, Bird! Hey! Hey! Feed me. Uh, I was like, man. I like this, but I'm going to wait. So, But I was really into this list this morning because now I'm starting to think, you know, I've had English Bulldogs my entire life. They don't live very long. So this last English Bulldog that I had, Riggins, that I had to uh, put down, um, it crushed me. It really crushed me. And I don't know if I can do that again. And these dogs only live like eight or nine years, right? It just hurt my heart. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to look at different dog breeds. And this list came out this morning of the neediest dog breeds to have. So the top four, all right? Number four is a Great Dane, super needy dog. I didn't know that. Uh, it says they require a lot of food. They're prone to cancers, heart disease. Labrador Retriever came in third. 
Uh, endless energy. Yes. We know that. They get into things. Prone to issues with their paws and knee joints. Huh. Two is the Chihuahua. <laughs> Sassy and confident, but they're also prone to heart and eye diseases. And then number one, if you know anything about dogs at all, it's probably not going to surprise you. But you're seeing them all over the place now. Everywhere. Everywhere. And they're so cute. The puppies are so cute. French Bulldog. Mm. Uh, they tend to have neck and knee and back problems and heart issues. Uh, they got that flat snout, so they have breathing problems. They also require a whole bunch of special grooming products or food to keep their skin in good condition. So that one is right off the list right there. But if you have one of those four breeds, that is a high-maintenance dog right there. So you're feeling me. All right, Heather here is wondering if she should ditch this guy or date this guy because um, she already knows that her family hates this dude. I met this guy about a week ago, and it was my very first night bartending at this, this new restaurant. And he came in. He was a great customer. You know, he kind of hung out to, at towards the bar, like, throughout the night. And then when he left, he gave me, like, this huge tip. And then he also had his phone number in there. And I was like, okay. So I I texted him and I, you know, I wanted to at least say thank you, especially for the tip. It was huge, but he definitely was hot. So, um, so then he responded back and asked me out. So I'm like, yeah, of course I agreed. And so we went out over the weekend and, you know, had a really, really great time. I really liked him. Um, I think, it, you know, everything was just really going great. And then we started talking about where we grew up and schools we went to. And he is a couple of years older than me. But what I realized is that I actually went to school with his younger sister. And once he said it, I was like, oh, crap. Like, I could not stand this girl. We were in the cheerleading squad together. She was one of the meanest people. Her mom was one of those those stage competitive moms. And, and, I mean, they were just so rude to everybody. But I feel like, I just feel like, I, you know, for whatever reason, they just picked on me the worst. And it was, it was so ridiculous. And, I mean, I literally ended up quitting this, the cheerleading squad my junior year because it was just so bad. And my coaches, you know, they didn't do anything about it. So, you know, I just, I was just like, I quit. I did. I wasn't putting up with it. So, you know, just meeting this guy and knowing that they're related, I'm just like, he is so different and I really like him, but I'm like, how do I, do do I still go out with this guy? Like he's super cool. He's super hot. I think we had a great time. I think, you know, I would love to go out with him again, but if I got to meet his family and they're still (laughs) these ignorant snobby people, (laughs) should I cut it off before we even get to that point? Like, is it even worth it to find out? Like, what do I do? So Heather, how long ago was this? It's only been a week. Like no, 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 no. How long ago? How long ago were you in school with her and cheering with her? Oh, this was, gosh, this was about twelve years ago. Okay, now, and I haven't seen her since. Yeah, I mean, sometimes once a mean girl, always a mean girl. Like, and 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 for us, and for others, it it is a phase. Um, I say you you date and you give it a chance because I would never let somebody else dictate whether or not I, I, you know, forge a relationship with somebody. So I was a cheerleader in high school and I was bullied on my cheer squad. So I, this definitely gets different for me. So my question for you is, did they actively bully you or were they just rude and snotty and just like not the kind of girls you want to be around? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was obvious, like, com- comments and stuff. It wasn't bullying to the point where they were, like, pranking me and stealing my clothes. It wasn't like that. But it was definitely just the rude comments. Um, if I messed up, you know, they were big, you know, loud about it. And um, at one point, they went to my coaches and were trying to, you know, sabotage me on the team anyway. You know, it was that kind of stuff. But it was never, like egging my car and, and, you know, coming to my house. It wasn't that kind of bullying. Yeah, I, don't still, think you, I don't think you ditched this guy yet. I think you got to feel it out first and then make a decision. There is sort of a subplot here that I found off-putting, though, and it didn't have anything to do with the sister or anything. I don't like the fact... I'm just saying minor red flag here. I think I'm with you. Because <laughs> you and I looked at each other when she said it, right? Uh-huh. Go ahead, you say it. It's a tip. 
I don't like that he left the phone number with a large tip. Yeah, he led with the with the money being the impressor of trying to get your number. Yes. That, to me, is even more off-putting than this history with the family. Oh, oh, that's, that's not, not off-putting. Yeah, that's why I didn't say anything. He got, a, he got a lot hotter when the tip was that good. Get your check, girl. He wasn't, that, he wasn't that hot at 15%, but at 25%, super hot. Uh, 20, I'm calling. If you're leaving your digits and you want me to call you back, you better be leaving at least 40%. Forty percent. <laughs> so, are we all in agreement? We were having good conversation, you know, before the tip. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, all right, yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, but I do think if you go out with him and you have this realization, like. I, I don't think you withhold that information. I think you go out with him, but on the day, you'd be like, by the way, I just figured out your sister and I used to cheer together. Like, that's something you disclose to him. Right? Yeah, you need you need to get ahead of it. What if he, but what if he you know, then kind of inquires more and it comes up, you know, do I tell him up front that I hated your sister? Like, your, your sister, their relationship is. I didn't quite get the vibe on how close they are right now. Your sister is 100% going to say something to him. I dated a guy post-grad who was the brother of a sorority sister of mine. And she went to him and was like, you can't date this girl. So you better get ahead of it. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you say something first. Yeah, mm-hmm. it should definitely come from yeah. you first. And it's a good icebreaker. I mean, yeah. it doesn't have to be like something that's going to be tense. It was 12 years ago. It was high school. But I, I do think it should come from you And it'll work itself out I think it's way too early For you to stop dating him Because of something That happened in high school With his family And Agreed. if he's like he's If he was like If he says Oh were you all friends Be like oh, We hung out with different groups But we cheered together or you can put her on blast and be like, your titter, your, okay. your sister was a total bitch. <laughs> that would go over well. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that. Don't leave like that. Tip is definitely going to come down after that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go get your man, Heather. Go get your man. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas, make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you gotta have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas, make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you gotta have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. The Bird Show. All right, so here we are, what, on January 11th. And for those of us that have stuck to dry January, mm-hmm. uh, you're starting to feel a, a thing or two, maybe. Either, Kristen and I had this talk the other day, either you're starting to feel like really, like there's a ripple effect uh-huh. on not drinking, or you have like, it hasn't affected you whatsoever. For Kristen and I, there has certainly been like a ripple effect, right? No, I mean, I can say honestly, dry January for me has been great so far. I've had no hankerings. I haven't had like, oh, I can't do this or any like temptations. Um, I, I can say up to this point, it's been fairly easy and thankfully. Um, and also I have seen what Bert and I were talking about, the ripple effect. So by not drinking, I catch myself, I'm, I'm actually, I'm eating better. Like I'm eating healthier because, you know, if I drank, I 
ate crappily when I drank. And especially if I drank Mm -hmm. too much the next day, like that hangover food was like, we're getting Mexican, we're getting pizza, we're getting burgers, you know what I mean? And then, so I'm eating better and I'm also, um, I'm, I'm more active. I'm working out more and I'm getting more stuff done around the house. Like I am freaking flying through my to-do <laughs> list. It's incredible because I have more focus. Now don't get it twisted. Like it's not like we're all heavy drinkers in here. No. We're drinking like six drinks a night or anything like that. But for me, it was just getting habitual, having a drink exactly. a night. Um, and I have noticed it mostly in my sleep. I'm doing a couple of different things, but certainly in my sleep, which has a ripple effect for the rest of the day. And I also think, and I have been tempted a couple of times, not really strongly, but like last night I ended up at like this new Mexican restaurant that I never knew about it uh, in my neighborhood. And it ended up being like a tequila and mezcal bar. And I'm like, I had no idea. Look at all these tequilas. <laughs> Look at them all. So it's been little temptations like that. But I think for me, what it has made me realize again along with a couple of other things, that small wins equal big happiness. And when I'm disciplined and I'm tempted to drink and I don't, it builds my confidence. It makes me feel really good about myself. It's funny because it's the complete opposite for me. If I don't feel the need to drink, if I don't tell myself that I can't. The moment I say I'm not drinking all January, I want to drink so bad. But if I just treat it like it's normal, I've only had one drink this month. So it's like I don't care as much. If I'm not challenging myself, that's not what? true. That's, that's not true. What you telling me? You said you had one drink this month. So well, I you drunk, were, okay. I drunk one day. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's not the same. That is that, that, that no. I thought one was one. No, <laughs> one drink is not equivalent to one day. No, he was a 64 ounce vodka. <laughs> And he just drank it all day long. One day, bottomless mimosas. Here's where he's starting to find loopholes in the dry January. I got a loophole for you guys. I want to run by you also. Okay. Okay. So, no, I'm not drinking alcohol in dry January. However, I did sample a THC drink the other day. You know what these are? Oh yeah, I've seen those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the recess ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not exactly sure what they're called. Those The recess ones are good. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to try those. So it's THC, which is perfectly legal, but it's based in like cannabis, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's no, it's not like a weed drink, but it has THC in it. And it certainly gives you a little zoom zoom. I'll tell you that. So you have like a mellow feeling after you drink a it. A little mellow feeling after that. So it's not alcohol, but it is something within a drink. So does that, is that a loophole? No. In dry January, or is that legal? I think that's legal. It's legal. It's yeah. not alcohol. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Good enough. Yeah. That's all I needed. All right. All right. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to hit the bell. You're still good. Yeah, you're Thank good. you for that. Uh, Kristen is our, well, actually, before we even get into Kristen this weekend, Cassie's having a little bit of a tougher time. It's So it's strange because I haven't really felt the drive to drink during the week or anything like that, but, and I think maybe it was because I was making plans with my friends, Wynn and Jessica, we kind of do like winery dates and we'll take the kids and have a picnic at a winery and in the northern part of the state. And that night I had a dream and they were in it. We were hanging out and it was like New Year's Eve or something. And I wanted to drink and my friend Wynn's like, it doesn't count. It's fine. And I woke up with a pounding headache. I felt hungover and all I could think about was how I had to come into the show and say that I failed dry January. I didn't have anything. It was a total dream. But what's weird is I've had this phenomenon happen before where you start dreaming about stuff that you're you're doing and you feel like a failure with like Whole30 and diets. And they warn you that at some point when you've given up like a lot of sugar or whatever, your body will start dreaming about like eating Twinkies, stuff you would never even eat um, because it wants that stuff so badly that you start dreaming about mm-hmm. eating it and consuming it. So even though I've been able to do it fine during the day, because I've been doing it since like December 26th, I am dreaming about drinking and waking up <laughs> like in the dream I have guilt and I wake up with such guilt that I broke dry January and have to come in here and tell you guys I failed. It's like really getting to me psychologically. Now I think Kristen should just ring the bell now for this weekend coming up. I mean why even wait till Tuesday when we're back in here? I know. All right. So here's the deal and I'm willing to let you guys decide what I do. Um, this This coming weekend... For 24 hours, my husband and I are getting away, just the two of us. This will be the first time he and I are alone 
without Jimmy. He and I together. I've had business trips without Jimmy. I have taken Jimmy places and Bart's been without him. But the two of us together without our son has not happened since um, September of 2020. Wow. Okay. Wow. Man. That's the last time just the two of us man. went somewhere together. September of 2020. Now you've done dinners. I mean, yes. you'll go out, yeah, but as well, far as like spending the night out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, we've had date nights and things of that nature, but like a whole 24 hours somewhere or a weekend somewhere, just he and I has not happened. This weekend, he and I are going to go away to the mountains for 24 hours. No dogs, no child, just my adoring husband and me. And we're doing dry January. We, would, we or just you? He and I are both. Oh, yeah. you both. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It would be lovely to be able to have a glass of champagne at this lovely, lovely hmm. hotel that we are staying at, have reservations at the hotel restaurant that night. But we're doing dry January. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, because it is a celebration of sorts, and not that you need alcohol to celebrate, we could do this weekend sans alcohol for sure. But we're together <laughs> alone and mm. it's going to be real romantic. So you have to drink to be around your husband? 100%. <laughs> Get your drink on. I have already made plans for next weekend to drink because it's my cousin's bridal shower. I've already, I'm, I'm make, I made it longer than Mo. You've made it longer than Mo. Everybody made it longer than me. Bert's out here drinking weed. <laughs> <laughs> You damn bad. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, yeah. hand me the bell. Okay. Um, nah, I, I, do your thing, whatever, man. I just, do you really need it, though? I mean. No, I right. don't. I, I sincerely don't. And I'm such a competitive person, you know what I mean? Like that January 31st deadline, like it means something, you know what I mean? Uh -huh, I it really does. Like you and I have a similar mentality that way. But it just... I feel like I'm putting so much pressure on myself. Like, it just would be nice to go and enjoy myself this weekend. And if I have, like, a glass of champagne, I have a glass of champagne. Just take the pressure off and ring the bell yes, right now. It has just been ring since it. September of 2020. MLK would want you to have a drink. <laughs> the Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Greta Gerwig has a surprising response to Joe Coy's Barbie joke from his Golden Globes monologue. If you missed it, he compared Oppenheimer to Barbie in what most people felt like was a pretty tasteless way. Oppenheimer and Barbie are competing for cinematic box office achievement. Oppenheimer is based on a 721-page Pulitzer Prize-winning book about the Manhattan Project. And Barbie is on a plastic doll with big boobies. So a lot of people felt like that was minimizing what was a really impactful film for most women to just, you know, uh, being a, a joke about a Barbie doll with big boobies. A lot of women felt like this was the first time they their experience had really been been seen and expressed in an artistic way. And it meant so much to people. I'm I feel like all movies, no matter um, no matter how impactful they are, are game for ridicule from the host, right? Uh, it doesn't matter the content of the movie, how impactful the movie was. I think all movies are game for um, being used as punchlines, right? So at Joe Coy, um, it, the joke didn't offend me as far as its, its context. It's just how how bad the joke was yeah, offended me. I'm like, with Kristen. The, yeah, the delivery of it. It's like I'm not I'm not offended on behalf of Barbie because I, I I get he was trying to make a joke. It was just such a bad joke. Yeah, these are jokes though, but I understand that we live in a society now when the joke affects you. It's terrible. And there are so many places now to vocalize how unhappy you are about it. But I do think we gotta lighten up a little bit. I'm more offended like Kristen that it was just an awful joke. It was so yeah. so bad. It was crazy. <laughs> Yes. Most of that monologue was. Well, there were a thousand ways he could have taken that joke, and Greta didn't seem to have a problem with it at all on BBC's Radio 4's Today Show. She said, well, he's not wrong. She's the first doll that was mass-produced with breasts, so he was right on. And, you know, I think that so much of the project of the movie was unlikely because it is about a plastic doll. 
In some ways, the joke was not surprising. Barbie has always been sometimes ahead of culture, sometimes behind culture, and she's always been a flashpoint for arguments. So Greta seems to have no problem with it. All right, it looks like Justin Timberlake is going to have some new music on the way. Um, on Monday, fans noticed that he completely cleared out his Instagram feed, and he also got rid of his profile picture and replaced it with a photo of him looking in the rearview mirror. So it looks like maybe if he has some kind of new album coming out. Maybe he's looking back on his past mistakes, like, you know, mm. writing Cry Me a River about Britney Spears and <laughs> their experience as a couple. Well, I mean, a lot of his past, it would make sense that this is a direction he goes with a new album and new music because so much of his past has been dragged out recently in the tabloids and um, in, in the media, what, like what, with him and Janet Jackson, with him and Britney Spears. I feel like his past has come back to haunt him as of recently. So that picture makes total sense if that's the direction he's going. Yeah, and I always wonder how artists find continuous ways to say new things and interesting and musical um, in, in different ways. And I think this is a perfect time for him to put out a new album because he's probably got a lot to say about what's been going on. So hopefully it brings us some good new, good new music. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is so relatable. More clips of her coming out on the Golden Globes carpet, and she is revealing what it was like to be a bride. She said that it was awful. She <laughs> says when she looks back on her wedding day, all she sees is pain. She says uh, it was so stressful because she was so worried about her guests, and at one point, she literally told Robert De Niro to leave. Are you married? Have you been a bride? Yes, twice. Okay. It's uh, so stressful. So stressful. You're not having fun. No. You're just like, is that person having fun? Is everybody having fun? Like, are you hungry? Um, and so I looked over and I saw Bob, who doesn't know anybody, and he's kind of wandering around. And I immediately was just like, no, this is not, this isn't what he wants to be doing. I don't want him here. So I went over and whispered. I was like, go home. And he was nice. He like talked to my parents and, you know, was, was polite. But then I was like, go. And then he left. And that just genuinely made me feel better. I'll never forget. I was freaking out about the guests being cold. And all my friends were lying. They're like, nobody's cold. Nobody's cold. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And my mom was like, it's freezing out there. You're my grandmother almost died. <laughs> What a kind human being to see somebody miserable like that. And Robert De Niro and just go, you know what, dude? You don't want to be here. You're ruining the vibe. I know you're Bobby De Niro, but get out. <laughs> just go. Somebody said something really interesting to me about weddings because as the maid of honor for my cousin's wedding, you know, I want to be there to support her and make sure she has the best day of her life. And somebody said, as a bride, you have to remember that you are the guest of honor. You're not the host. So have the time of your life. Yeah, if there's one thing I could tell, I would like to tell people that are young, you're getting married for the first time, and you're spending all this time and all this money on your wedding. Go ahead, do your thing. But the night goes by so fast. It is a mm -hmm. blip. And I am totally agreeing with her that it's not a miserable night. It's just not... You don't really, you're so stressed out about everybody else and it goes by so fast that I don't know that if I had to do it all over again, I don't know that I would definitely not do it the same way. Maybe I'm selfish. It was one of the best nights of my life. I loved it and I would 1000% do it again. The memories I had, I wished it had gone on longer. Like there's a little stress leading up to it, but I don't regret anything. All right, 50 Cent says he's practicing a different kind of dry January. I'll tell you about his vow of celibacy on your next e-buzz on The Burt Show. Get it, The Burt Show. So Abby was very candid the other day. And by the way, just as a side note, today is the first day that I can truly see that you got a nose job. Really? What's yeah. different about it? Uh, <laughs> I can't really put my finger on it, but you had mentioned some swelling. Mm -hmm. But over the course of the last week when you came in here, I you said it was a subtle nose job, and it was so subtle that even after you told us, I'm like, I really can't tell that much of a difference. Today, I can I can see that you got it. Well, I'm glad. I'm three weeks post-op. I'm glad it's finally <laughs> worth the money. I'm glad it took me nearly a month to get here. You look good. Thank you. You look good. I appreciate that. All right. So you're wondering now if you're being too shallow. Yeah, well, not being too shallow, but my, my therapist got me to admit something that I never uttered to another human before. We were talking about some of my personal goals for 2024 and I, we were talking about my relationships and some of the social anxiety problems that I face. And she said, you know, let's change the narrative to what you think you suffer from and let's actually get down to the fears you have about yourself and how that pushes the beliefs you have 
and how that makes you interact with the world. And I, I said, you know, I, I worry that I don't have a lot to offer. I worry that I'm shallow, that there's not a lot of depth there. And she was, you know, was kind and gave me a whole list of reasons why she doesn't believe that's true. But I think when you're in your mid twenties and you're, you're trying to figure out who you are, but you don't really know where to start and how do you even find who you are? And you just wonder, is there nothing for me to offer as a person, you know, when, when it comes to, um, you know, giving good advice or reacting in the right emotional way? Is it just because I lack some kind of depth that other people were born with? And so I, I've, spoke it to my therapist and then I reluctantly spoke about it on air and I worried how it would be received. And don't get me wrong. I got a couple of messages that people were like, hell yeah, you're shallow. And I think they (laughs) took it as I'm a superficial kind of shallow. Whereas I was talking more about like depth. (laughs) There are different categories. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I can be a little shallow. Like I'm on the dating apps as well, but I can't. I mean, anybody that is saying that they're not shallow at all, is just lying to themselves. Everybody's got a little bit of shallow. Exactly. So I think speaking up about my fear that I might be not, I might not be deep opened up the conversation for a lot of other people to be like, you know, I've actually had that thought about myself too. So I got an email from a listener who gave me permission to share this email that is a literal monologue that could have been in the Barbie movie. And I thought I would share it for anybody else who felt like this conversation resonated with them. So it said, Abby, I just heard your segment about feeling that you may be shallow. I feel that so much. And I wanted to share some thoughts and perspectives. I want you to know that this is a 100% normal way to feel. I'm sure you know that. And at this point, I've been told that many times. No, people want to hurt my feelings and my dams. (laughs) But here are my thoughts. We live in this insane world that pressures us into being shallow because how could you use that brand when they aren't eco-friendly, but then shame us... As if we come off shallow, how could you sit there on your high horse and say you only use that brand when it's so expensive and it doesn't set a realistic example of what the average person can afford? We're expected to portray an image of perfection, the hair, the makeup, the outfits, the interior decor, the Insta story, the vacation pics, and sheesh, the wedding party planning. I know you feel me there. While simultaneously being expected to be humble and not braggadocious about all those things, it's literal chaos. The fact that we need to keep up with trends to stay relevant and important is shoved down our throats, especially in your line of work. Our feed is, I don't know what that word is, inundated? Is inundated. Inundated, there we go, with influencers who seemingly live these beautiful, perfect lives that we are envious of, but can't admit you're envious of. And even though we know deep down it's a total sham if you're a human and also low-key want to believe that these ideal, perfect lives are in fact kind of real. And the worst part is we want to live that perfect life for ourselves, but we are also surrounded by a weighted cloud of thoughts and fears that the word will get out and reveal the fact that we do want that perfect life. And therefore, are we materialistic? Are we shallow? We're terrified of saying the wrong thing or coming off as too shallow. We're terrified of unknowingly offending someone and getting bullied or canceled, but we're also supposed to ignore the trolls and the haters, which we all know is damn near impossible if you're on social media and building a fan base. Couple the fact that we all have this secret envy and fear in our heads with the fact that we are expected to be our authentic selves and find true happiness within ourselves. It's absolutely overwhelming. And just thinking about sorting through that kitchen sink cookie recipe of a mess in our heads causes even more uncertainty and pressure. So the fear of being shallow is absolutely a real thing, but I also believe there's so much more to it. It's okay to be shallow. We are all shallow to a certain extent, but being fake or setting an unrealistic expectation for other people is a different type of shallow. However, if you can learn to love who you are, I believe all those concerns about ourselves will fade away. I sure as hell haven't learned that level of self-acceptance and believe what matters most is that we give ourselves grace and continue to try and love ourselves, and hopefully one day we will get there. So here is how I feel. I, I totally agree with the email. 100% agree with the email. We have so much noise and so many opinions in our ears now that at least what it's done for me is I block out everything now. Even if it's const- like when I used to be open to constructive criticism, now there's so much input coming in. There's this opinion. You're doing this right. You're doing this wrong that I can't even sift through it anymore. So I don't listen to anybody, which has not made me a better person. <laughs> for, for me, I've had to ignore even the good comments too. Like I don't read reviews on my podcast because a bad one will get in my head and it doesn't matter if there's 15 good ones. <laughs> if yeah. there's one bad one, I'm having a bad day. 
I think I went through like phases with it. I, I, at first, I, I was like in, consumed with everything that everyone had to say, and it would like it would actually shape my day, my thoughts on myself, my thoughts on everything I was doing. And then eventually, I got to a point where I didn't listen to anything at all—constructive, bad, good—it didn't matter. And that's not and, good. And that's not mm, good either. Right. So I think I'm finally getting to a place where I can listen to it all and only take from it what I feel is actually useful. So I'm at a place now where I only will really. Listen to those in my close circle, because other than that, people don't know. They don't know all the minutia of go- that goes into a decision. They have no idea what the relationship was like before the breakup. All they know is the end result. So the only ones that I am paying attention to are the ones that really know me. Now, it's fascinating that we're talking about this because I've caught myself the past two conversations with my husband, who's opinion matters the most to me. Like if anybody says or has any constructive criticism, um, my, my husband's going to be the one that I, I, I take, you know, give the most credit to. And we've had two conversations recently where he was giving me constructive criticism and I got very defensive about it. And I was having, a, I was having a hard time like accepting it and um, embracing what he's saying. And I, was, I got very defensive and I was fighting back. And then I, I realized like, no, stop. This is not a troll. This is somebody who cares about me and is mm-hmm. trying to see, trying to help me see a different perspective. He's not trying to say I'm wrong. He's just trying to say, look at it from this vantage point. And he was right. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we're getting back to the original point here on if we're shallow or not, okay? On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the most shallow person ever, let's go around the room. What do you give yourself? Mm, I think after reflecting on it and speaking it into the void, it's given it less power over me. So I'm going to say a 5. A 5. A 5. Okay. Um, I, I would probably say a 7. 7. I, I have it in me. I don't think I, it like overpowers me, but I I certainly have my shallow ways about how uh-huh. I go about certain things. Are we talking like so like like again, not the superficial <laughs> shallow? This is the, a very easy question. I know, but Why the, do you complicate? Because it's who I am. <laughs> um, the emotional depth aspect of it, I give myself an eight. You're an eight as far as superficiality goes? No, 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 no. As far as like ten, not. Ten is the most superficial oh. person you've ever met in your life. Oh, I give myself a three. A three? Yeah. Okay. I hover around a six and a half or a seven, maybe probably a seven. Like a dude came in here the other day and he's like, I drove by your house the other day. Your new house, it's kind of a grandmother's house, isn't it? I'm like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> no! It is not! Jerk! <laughs> but that hurt. So maybe I'm an eight. <laughs> Get it? The Bird Show. Messy Mikey, one of our producers, phone screener, back in studio this morning. And he and a bunch of his friends are going through a whole bunch of stress right now. What's going on, my man? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that voice. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Um, yeah, we're in some trouble. Um, I feel like I'm about to get eaten alive by you guys. But here's the, here's the dealio, is that... One of my friends, a group of my friends, went out to a beer joint one night. One of them had a long-term girlfriend, has. He started kissing ladies he knew in high school. Uh, when you say kissing, like, oh, hey, it's so good to see you. Or, no, no, oh, I'm hammered. No <laughs> Italian. Yeah, okay. hammered. He went right in. Right in. And he's got a girlfriend that is within your friend circle, so everybody knows her well? Or? No, not everyone knows her well. I don't know her well, but he does have a girlfriend. Does he's, he know her well? Apparently not well enough. She doesn't know him well. Um, But uh, that's not the point. This is about me. Okay. Um, (laughs) So he goes out kissing these ladies. Somehow, everyone else with girlfriends in the group is now in trouble because they say, birds of a feather flock together. You are the company you keep. I disagree. I don't know about all that. You're going to back me up? Uh, I am going to back you up. Thank you. I am too. Thank you. All right. Birds of a feather do not flock (laughs) together. Birds of a feather do not. Flock together. No, I don't even know what that means. My friend did something stupid. I condemn him. I'll say nothing to him. I'll say nothing to her. Go ahead. No, I'm not <laughs> She's I'm, by, chomping at the bit. No, it's like, no. is he guilty by association because he's not got a friend that's messing around? Absolutely. You, did, you I, Women all the time get held accountable for men's actions. I'm not here for that. I'm not here for you being held accountable for your friend's actions. And he's, he's a grown-ass man. 
I, I don't even think that, because I'm sitting here thinking, like, should you have intervened in the club? Like, do you have a responsibility to your to your homeboy that if you see him kissing, like, not one, but multiple, like, high school friends when he has a long-term girlfriend, do you pull him aside and be like, bro, what are you doing? So I, I've seen men and women handle this very differently, okay? So when a woman... Uh, is with a group of girls, and one of them is doing something that they shouldn't be doing. It is like SEAL Team Six. You yes. got to get them. At, you got to extract. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. No matter what. When a guy is doing it, when you're around a whole bunch of other dudes, the dude will say to his friend, "Dude, you, what are you doing? What are you doing?" And the drunk friend will go, "I don't know what I'm doing. Leave me alone." <laughs> and then the dudes are hands off. Gotcha. That's it. Yeah. You get one, one warning that shot. That is it. Yep. Women extract dudes are just like you get. We're gonna we're gonna make this right. Right. We're gonna mention it, but then you're on your you're own. On your own. How did your girlfriend find out about your friend's actions? Like, were you guys all out in a group? No. So I wasn't even there, and I think that would be. <laughs> I think I think that would be appropriate for me in the moment to say something to him. Like, are you making good decisions, my friend? But um, no, we weren't there. You know, word gets around. Everyone starts talking after yeah, they get back. Of course, and. One thing leads to another. I don't know. My lady's pretty understanding. She's not actually angry at me. My other friend is actually in, like, serious trouble. Because you guys didn't, like, handle it like women would? Like, extract them out of there? Like, it wasn't even there. Yeah, no. Not that. Not even that. It's just that your friend is cheating on his girlfriend, so that means that you're going to do it, too. Oh, that's silly. Yeah. Yeah. Your friend's girlfriend feels that way. That because one of the guys in the group had done it, then obviously I'm dating a guy who would do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. That's okay in our group, which I don't think it is. It's just we're not going to go chastising each other. Right. Yeah, you can't be held accountable for something you weren't even there for. It'd be different. <laughs> of course it'd be, not. <laughs> it'd be different if you had been there and just did nothing. Then as your girlfriend, I'd be like, well, why didn't you step mm-hmm. in? Why didn't you say something? But if you're not there, you can't do anything. Well, well, we have taken this before on the show, though, where a woman says, look, there's a guy in the group that clearly is messing around on his wife. I don't want you hanging out with that guy. Um, and has demanded that her man get out of that circle. So this is not the first time we've kind of heard of this. I, I don't agree with it, but I have seen it. I, I've seen it a lot. I've even seen it go the other way. Like if um, somebody in the group gets married or something like that, then it kind of influences your relationship yeah. in a way where the woman is like, well, well, what are you waiting for since they're married? So sometimes the other couples in your friend group, whatever happens with them, it can affect your relationship in yeah, a weird way. Yeah, I think that's true. You guys are being a lot more supportive than I thought. Thank you. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Feels good. <laughs> yeah, I think you're in the clear here. It's All not right. on you. All right. All right. Get it. The Bird Show.